recorded live from deep in the heart of Texas. Welcome to the Clover Tech Podcast with another conversation that brings together the firearm industry and community. Are you ready? Hope so, because here we go. What's up out there, everybody? It is February 13th, I believe, when we're recording another Clover Tech Podcast powered by our friends at Anderson Manufacturing. Uh, and uh, recorded live as it would be uh, in front of not a studio audience, but at least a YouTube channel members. So uh, hop over on YouTube if you want to catch these lives, if you want to interact uh, with uh, our guests live, get your uh, potentially your questions, everything else uh, out there read on the podcast. Uh, yeah, you can do that by becoming a channel member. Just go to the YouTube channel page, click join. Uh, it's pretty much. Uh, that simple. We'll talk a little bit more about Anderson later on. We've got our special segment uh, at the end of the podcast. This is the first one. Uh, may not be the first one released in podcast if I can talk form uh, to the public, but it's going to be the first one at least that uh, is being recorded. We've got uh, the rogue Banshee back in the green room going to join us. I'm trying to think if I'm missing anything else. Uh, we uh, are continually scheduling out. Uh, this season, hopefully in a week or so, we will have the early 2024 season complete and the homepage there on CloverTech.com. We will have a uh, list of uh, everybody that's going to be a guest this season. Uh, not necessarily, I guess, when their uh, podcast will drop, but at least there'll be a list. So that'll be something. Still kind of working our way through things. Uh, big shout out. Big thanks to, of course, Ghost Tactical. Uh, he helped out with the uh, intro, outro for this season, uh, as, as well as uh, an undisclosed talent, the lady whose voice you hear. No, that is not an AI voice. So, uh, yeah, let's get Rogue in here, man. What is up, buddy? Not much, man. It's been a while since we've been uh, we've been on a show together. I think the last um, show was a, almost a year ago when you were on mine. Yeah, I know I went on to yours, uh, but we've been busy. You know, I got to thinking... When I hit you up, I was like, hey, did he, um, did I see Rogue get shot? Like, I don't even remember shot was such a, like a blur. I'm like, I mean, it, you know, it's funny because we did run into a, a couple of times in the media room and also out on the floor. Okay. And, um, I also with ghost, I ran it, like I ran into ghost in the media room on Tuesday and he came up, he's like, Hey, how you doing? It's been a while since I've seen you. I'm like, you just saw me yesterday at range day. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, it shot was like a blur this year um, i do really remember was. i do remember seeing you at range day yeah yeah um so uh real quick i guess walk us through uh the rogue banshee your projects what you're doing all of that and then we will uh we'll just kick back and have a conversation and take it wherever it goes i guess after that but uh you for here for at least a couple of minutes you've got the floor man cool yeah well uh for me everything is just kind of uh it's kind of a weird year for me. It's just working through really what I want to create. I mean, I've had the channel for six years now and uh, I love, you know, I love being a content creator, but there's content that I like better than others. And some of it just can't go on YouTube. So it's just kind of working through, you know, my passions and, and delivering content that I want to deliver and then try to figure out how to fit it into the YouTube universe. So that's pretty much all that's going on over here. 
yeah, you do a lot of um, you do a lot of, and you have since I've known you, it's just kind of run into policy issues with YouTube. Yeah. Really tough to navigate some of the gunsmithing, cleaning, yep. maintenance, repair ish, you know, type issues. Um, so if yeah. you uh, if you're out there and you're looking for you know certain things, check out uh, obviously check out the Rogue Banshee and see if he maybe has something in his catalog. But go ahead, Rogue. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah. It, it my passion's always been gunsmithing. I mean, when I started the channel, I was an FFL and doing gunsmith work, and it just that that's what my passion was. It's not that I don't like doing reviews. I I don't I love doing reviews. I love getting my hands on gear and stuff. But I love I just love working on guns, and that's where my heart's at. And um, I, I had someone. It, it's a, a new follower of the channel actually contacted me because it's so funny watching you do gunsmithing content versus doing like your other content and they can i can actually see that's what you want to do and and as as much as i try not to to favor one type of content over another it just kind of comes out sometimes yeah i think we have what uh we have those things that we're a little more comfortable with than others you know they have a you know the, the dirty secret uh, you've been around long enough, but the, I think the dirty secret about the GunTuber world and, and content creation in general is you start out, I know I was this way, you start out making, uh, putting out videos, it's based on things you have, right? Things yeah. you have playing around, things you own, you pick up new stuff, uh, you know, and you put out videos on that stuff, and then Next thing you know, you've made a show, a trade show or two. You've got some industry connections. Now you've got obligations. Now you've got obligations yep. to, hey, I want to work with this product. <laughs> um, and so it gets to a point that your uh, whiteboard, your notebook, your calendar, wh however you keep track of you know, your content or whatever, it gets to a point that you look at it. And I'm always penciling in ideas. Like I want a, yeah. I want so badly to do a um, a Remington nylon series video. I've got multiple different variations of that, not just the nylon 66s, which are probably the most most well known, I guess, by yep. name. Uh, but I've got quite a few of those. And it's like I would love to do a video with those. Uh, and I was always penciling in things like that, and I never get around to them. Like never get around to them. I've, yeah, I've got a notebook of stuff. Um, I, I've got, I've got more ideas than I've got time to produce content on. Yeah. And I feel bad about that. I mean, last year, just because of personal things that happened in my life, I had to drop back from every week to every other week. And um, that was tough. That, that was a tough decision for me. Um, and now that I'm doing every other week, I kind of feel stressed that I'm only doing content every other week, but it gives me a chance to recover and actually do the family things that I need to do. And um, yeah, I mean, eventually I'll get to content. I, I've got so many things I want to do and um, one day they'll, they'll get done sooner or later. Right. Right. Now with, uh, with shot show, obviously this was, was this your third year? This was my third. Shot, yeah. Third with shot. Okay. Um, and I know we were talking kind of off air there, but you said, uh, it was kind of a weird, kind of a weird yeah. year for you. It was a weird year for myself as well. So I, I kind of 
probably not in the same way, but at least I get what you're saying. Um, what was your approach going into shot this year and what did it look like coming out of shot and what was weird about it? Well, what's funny for me for shot, um, when I get a shot, I'm looking for podcast guests. Mm -hmm. All right. So, you know, I play to my strengths. My strength is conversation. I, I, I can have a really good conversation with people. I can't get that across on email electronically. It just falls flat. So when I'm in your booth, I've got you and I can make a connection. I can get you into a podcast and then we can build a relationship off of conversations. Mm -hmm. So this year I had a lot of meetings. There's people that I needed to do things face to face with. And um, it was, it was funny because on one booth, I literally built the conference room that I was meeting with the company in. Like I got there right. Sunday I uh, got in really early Sunday, had nothing to do, sent a text message going, hey, look, you guys probably have this covered, but I'm sitting here swinging my feet. I, you know, I'd help you set up your booth if you want. I, I got to come on in. Right. And um, that was a lot of that was a lot of fun to, to interact with them different on a different plane. Right. But then coming back in on Wednesday afternoon when I had my meeting, it was a very much you're on that side of the table. I'm on this side of the table. We we've got to conduct some business. Right. And um, let's get down to it. And then um, some of the, you know, some of these meetings didn't go the way that I wanted them to. Some of them went better, um, but it was just weird. That, that was the weird part. And now, like just for me on the podcast, I'm scrambling for guests because I didn't have that connection, that shot with all these other people to get podcast guests. So I'm kind of in this really weird situation right now. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting for me as well. I mean, we had the obligation of the uh, podcast in the Versa booth, yep. right, every yeah. single day. And so um, much like this, uh, similar situation. I mean, we go for an hour-ish, or at least you make that plan, right? But, you know, you got to account for 15, 20, 30 minutes before, 15, 20, 30 yep. minutes after. I mean, it, it you feasibly, for an hour-long podcast, we're going to spend two hours. And then so you multiply two hours times four days. Well, that's an entire day of shot, essentially, that you're podcasting, yeah. that you're not out on the floor. And so it was really weird because it, it dug into time, like big time dug into time. And then so, you know, I had a number of projects uh, that I needed to talk with existing, like you were talking about, existing companies about. Uh, there was new companies I wanted to approach. There was... Old companies, I wanted to talk about new pro new projects. There was multiple avenues, right, from the podcast to the, you know, the TD side of things to the affiliate marketing side of things, and there was all these different conversations that I was needing to have with all these different companies, and it was just so all over the place. Um, now, I do feel as though, um, I do feel as though I pretty much accomplished my goals uh it's still a little bit early to tell um you know last week uh, i sent out um uh, sent out emails and stuff i always wait two weeks after shot to send that yeah. out which honestly is not probably not even long enough but i usually send that out two weeks i follow up if i need be of course uh because you've got great american outdoor show you've got 
there's a buyer show immediately the weekend after shot. There's another buyer show uh, that's going on actually this weekend following Great American Outdoors. So, you know, companies yeah. have shot buyer show, Great American Outdoor buyer show, like all in a row. Uh, among other things, I'm probably not even aware of. So, um, hopefully, in the next week or two, start hearing back from some companies and get a better sense of you know how successful Shot actually was. So, a little early, I guess, is what I'm is what I'm saying. So, don't gauge things just yet. Give it a little more time. No, it's it's not. And this, uh, you know, I had a, a conversation with someone. I actually knew them from a previous company, and they came over to this company. And um, it was really funny because I walked into the booth asking for him and you, you see all the other people like, well, why do you want to talk to him? Because he's he's now a bigwig in this company. And then I was like, oh, I know him. We, we've talked. And suddenly he showed up in the booth and he like shook my hand and suddenly everything like went away. And then we got talking. You know, it's been a while since we worked together on 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 some stuff and um, definitely not since he's been to the new company. And um, I was like, Hey, let's, let's do some, let's do some work. And, and he's like, I'd love to, he goes, but um, you know, give me like six weeks because, you know, I get done here. I've got this, I'm going to Iwa. Um, he's naming all this stuff. I'm like, Hey, no problem, man. Six weeks, six. Yeah, that's no problem. I, I, I can, I can reach out in six weeks and let's, let's figure something out. Right. You know, we don't need to do it right this second. Right. Um, let's see, get that off of there. Uh, Ron Wayne out there. Uh, by the way, just once again, uh, for those that are out there listening in the uh, wild, wild world of replay, if you uh, become a channel member, you can hang out with us here and uh, comment, and ask questions or whatever. But Ron says, uh, Rogue Banshee, through his videos, taught me how to assemble a pew a few years ago. Gosh, that was a lifesaver video. Appreciate beyond words. I appreciate that, Ron. So, so. Yeah, there's... And What's funny is, is uh, so I'm going to go back a little ways back when you used to do the Thursday night podcasts, mm -hmm. um, the, was it the studio podcasts? And yeah, there was an episode you did a long time ago talking about evergreen content. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was still a fairly new channel. I was start I had ever, evergreen content, but it didn't really get to be evergreen yet. And like, I'm, if I look at my analytics of my channel, I've got, you know, I've got a video that's old. Uh, it needs to be redone and into the new formats uh, and stuff like that. But that thing is kicking eight to 9,000 views per yeah. month. And then right behind it is another one that's an old one that's kicking about 6,000 views per month. And, uh, you know, the channel's, the channel's actually growing on the evergreen content. Yep. Um, people are watching yep. that old, those old videos like Ron Wayne was talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. Yeah, that gets frustrating too at times. Yeah. You know, I've got I've got quite a few and it's just frustrating because you know you talk about the format, like the quality is not good. I mean, it is difference in camera, your lighting setup, your you know, yeah. your on screen presence, your delivery. There's so many things that are different and you know, you see those old like this uh, last few weeks I've noticed there's two Ruger videos, one on um uh twenty two forty five light versus the mark four target or something i think and then vaquero versus blackhawk they were done forever ago that for whatever reason are getting hundreds upon hundreds of views a day yeah. uh, all of a sudden and it's like why do you not I mean, I know. kick off and like why 
I, I get that there can be a trend on a brand or something like that. I totally get it. Like in the cycle and the, in the searches and whatever it might be, I get that. But like, why does that not translate over to get other videos to catch on too? And yeah. then the weird thing is, it seems like only old videos do that. They have to be yeah. two, three, four, five years old before they <laughs> are able to catch those trends like that. They they never do it, even if there is a trend, and that's the reason you made the video. They never yeah. do it right away. It's weird. Yeah, it, it's totally weird. And um, it's so fun having a channel that's been around for six years with getting a chance to take a look at analytics. Um, you know, I know you, you're an analytics, like God, you're always in your analytics and I, you know, I, I've gone through my analytics, but they haven't really been interesting until probably the last year. Um, you know, there's some things that just settled in and then the algorithm just picked them up and they skyrocketed, which is interesting. Like I have, I have a video right now that I could tell you every problem that people are having with putting their Glock back together or, you know, maintaining the Glock. Mm -hmm. I can tell you where everybody's having a problem because I can look at the the video watching all the spikes and I I know what everybody's having a problem with. Right. Yeah. Um, And that could help like narrow down, I think, uh, videos for the future too. Uh, I know I've had, I've had some luck. I've got one on, you know, resetting a scope back to mechanical zero. I remember that video. Yeah, I remember that video, and it was horrible. It's horrible quality, horrible everything. And at the time that I made that first vocal plane was not really a thing, so yeah. that wasn't even mentioned in those. And there was a lot of optics, uh, LPVOs, for example, that were around, but low power variable optics um, were just they they didn't have that acronym back in the day, yeah. um. Uh, and so they weren't nearly as popular as they are nowadays. And so there was just so many questions. It's like, okay, let's redo this better quality. And, you know, I had to, I had to resort because people would still just hit on that old one, hit on that old one. And I'm like, man, there's a new version. Come on. And so I finally had to resort to titling a certain way and even setting up my thumbnail a certain way where there was big letters. It was like new version available or yeah, I forgot it's... what that, that thumbnail looks like, but to try to drive. And then within like the first 10 seconds or something, have a card that pops up that, you know, yeah. sends somebody over to the new one. And, you know, um, and finally it seems that the newer one has started to, you know, to gain some traction which is which is nice because it answers a lot of the questions again that the other yeah. one was done uh, so long ago that it just doesn't answer. Yeah, no, I, and that's the thing is like, you know, my number one video, I, I want to redo it because I mean, it, the quality of it, it's not bad. It's just not as good as it could be right. considering the skills that I have now. Mm-hmm. And um, it, one of the things I have is do I really want to touch that video? Um, right. you know, do I, you know, it, I, I really want to do it, but I don't want to confuse the audience and then, you know, knock that one off because it's getting so much playtime. I right. mean, for the past, it, it's like the past eight months. It's, it, you know, it's the, the lowest views per month was like 7,000 views per month. Right. So it's like, I don't, I don't want to screw that up, but at the same time, I always want better quality, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's 
it's one of those things. It's it, it that's a tough that's a tough one. And I've been thinking about different ways of you know refreshing that content and bringing it to the forefront. Right. So uh, let's take uh, about twenty minutes in here or so. Let's take a little break. Let's pay some bills because uh, I got to talk a little bit about Anderson Manufacturing uh, here. Now, uh, if you recall, Anderson did pick up the spot last season, uh, the special segment spot. So I uh, have known uh, the guys over there at Anderson for quite some time now. I've got to play around with their products for quite some time now. Um, currently, you know, I would say my two favorite are probably going to be that uh, the Kyger 9C Pro hands down without a doubt, a phenomenal handgun. They do have the, um, what is it, the five-inch version, I guess, the uh, little bigger version of that that's out now. Uh, they're working on a lot of cool things for the future. They've been working on those bolt rifles for a while. Hopefully, in a few months, uh, we will have some production models to look at with those uh, at NRAM. Yeah, Ron Wayne out there says uh, Anderson Manufacturing rocks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then behind me here somewhere, I'm not real sure which one it is, is the uh, AM9, a uh, little 9 millimeter carbine that uh, I have had a ton of fun with. Uh, as well. So, uh, yeah, shout out. Thanks to, uh, of course, Anderson Manufacturing. Somewhere down below, uh, there is probably some uh, social media, YouTube channel, uh, something like that, where you can go check them out. Uh, let's uh, get my face back off here. Bring Rogue back in. And uh, have, you, you got to, I, have you got to play around with much Anderson stuff? When I was in FFL, I used to sell the a crap load of Anderson. Yeah, it, it, hear that it, it a was, lot. It, they were coming out, and um, you know, I was coming off of another vendor that um, that I like, but the, the Anderson stuff hit, and it had that great price point to value on the stuff. So this was all the old, you know, the AR stuff back then. But yeah, I used to sell a crap load of Anderson stuff. Yeah. Um, what's neat about it is just to see, I mean, they've been around forever and I don't want to give away the trade secrets from them or anything like that, but they've been around forever, a much larger company than a lot of people, as far as influencing the amount of their products that out there that people wouldn't know was their products, I guess. Let's put it that way. Um, pretty big company, but I mean, over the last few years, man, they just kind of put it into overdrive with some of the different models and different things that yep. they're doing, which is pretty neat. Yeah. I, when they came out with that Kyger, I, did, I, I have yet to be able to handle one of those and play with it. But it, when they came out with them, like, all right, this is not the Anderson that, that I've known. Yeah. Um, you know, this is, they, they've definitely upped their game. And, you know, if you think about it, just being an AR company is not a good business plan right now. No, definitely not diversifying is definitely something that you need to do. And, and, you know, if you figure they came out with that Kyger, they've been working on that for years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's just not something you just go, okay, instantly we're doing it. Oh, all of a sudden we're in the bold action game. Well, no, it, it doesn't work. Yeah. You got to figure the Kyger has been, I don't know how long the uh, gen three Glock patent. Uh, it's been out forever. Yeah. It's been expired now, but you got to figure it's, it's, yeah, it's been quite a few years. But I, I will, I will say, talking about the Kyger, I mean, I gave it the number one handgun of last year. And um, I will say, for a, for a polymer handgun, 
the attention to detail on that is just what's crazy. Yeah. You, you see so many, and I'm not going to mention any any companies by name because I don't want to knock on any of them. It's not like they have bad handguns or anything like that, but they lack uh, that. That's that's often the difference between top tier firearms and bottom tier type firearms is the attention yeah. to detail. You can go buy. Let's throw a generic example and say a Turkish shotgun. You can go buy a Turkish shotgun. Odds are it's going to function. You're probably not going to have a whole lot of problems with it, blah, blah, blah. But if you want it to perform, feel like the you know high-end, let's say, Italian shotguns, uh, you're going to have to tear that thing down. have to watch yep. some uh, Rogue Banshee videos. You're going to have to tear that thing down. You're going to have to polish that thing up, right? Um and, you know, just if you tear those things down, the Turkish ones and polish them up, but that's, that's hands-on manual labor. That's time spent. That's attention to detail. And so a lot of times when you're paying that extra price, that's what you're paying for. What's crazy about the Kiger is you're not paying that extra price. Yeah. Yeah. You like, still got that attention to detail in the design, which is crazy. Well, they got their manufacturing process set. Correct. They do. Yeah. That's what they it do. is. Yeah, they they put their attention again, to so. detail all up front. To, yep. to have a repeat, a repeatable product that carries that through. Yep. Yeah. Ron saying he says the Kiger and IC pro is his favoriteest polymer. So we don't have to make this the uh, Anderson show though. So let's, uh, let's move on as far as the, the gunsmith inside of things. So, um, this year, I know you've done some, some lever action stuff in the past. Uh, mm -hmm. And from SHOT Show this year and looking around, 24 is going to be the year of the lever action. So do you have yeah. anything in the works or do you see maybe some of your previous stuff potentially gaining I, some traction because of that? So I don't, I have something in the works. Um, I have actually, it's over here on the corner here. I have a, a Winchester model 94 that the serial number goes to 1920, uh, 1926. Nice. So this this thing is almost 100 years old. Uh, someone DIY gunsmith this thing into a really bad condition. Um, so there's a couple of new series that I'm working on right now. Uh, one, we're calling it Edge or EDG, uh, Extreme mm -hmm. DIY Gunsmithing. Where it's gun built and it's not, it's not going to be YouTube friendly. Um, the other one is I'm going to go through almost like a, this old house, but with uh, guns. Right. So, um, this rifles and everybody that's hearing this, this is the first time anybody outside me and my wife have, uh, know this. Um, this is going to be the first rifle is this, this, uh, Winchester 94. We're going to, we're going to pull this thing out. It almost looks like someone took like a long M1 carbine barrel, threaded it onto this thing. The lifter doesn't work. I mean, it's a mess. Um, so we're going to, we're going to restore it. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to commit a cardinal sin is, uh, I'm probably going to reblue it, which usually you don't do, but this thing is, it's in bad shape. So, um, I'm going to have some fun with it and, uh, yeah. and, and do some stuff that I just don't normally get to do with, with guns and, um, yeah. restoration content generally doesn't get touched i have a winchester 94 uh golden spike that i just restored it was a fire damaged one right um that was my my first and only asmr video um i got another one i'm restoring actually there's parts all on the bench from the one that i'm working on now that was through the same fire unfortunately right. they can't be fired 
because they went through a house fire. Um, they're, they're unsafe to be fired. But um, yeah, I like working on, I, it, there's something about lever guns. I mean, my my first rifle, and I still have it, and I, I took it apart for everybody on a video teaching how to take it apart and put it back together, was a Winchester 94. Um, and that's just, that was my first rifle, my first shotgun was an 870 Wingmaster, still have that too. Um, yeah, I love I love lever actions. It's, it's just really, it, you know, it's just a really cool design. I mean, it was the first real repeater that yeah. came out. Did you uh, did you get a chance to look at any of the ones that shot? Man, I not as close as I wanted to. Um, yeah. I mean, I was like literally from floor four at a meeting, running all the way down to three, you know, running down to two, running across two to go across the bridge to a meeting. And I mean, when you were talking about you know the 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 whole thing of half hour, like I like I was like counting down the minutes going hey and i told them i go man at this time i'm up and out i gotta go and they're yeah. like it's cool and the, yeah but yeah it's i i right. spent so much time running i i missed a, i missed a lot of stuff but um i got to i got to look at some of them but i didn't get a chance to actually handle them and i and that's that's yep. one of my true regrets from shot this year yeah the only uh the only thing i got to spend any type of time with probably was the henry the the uh yeah that's the one i really that's the one i really wanted to play with yeah and um you know just anytime i mean you there was fight light i think had theirs there was several companies i'm trying to think that had theirs uh that was there i didn't get a chance to see any of those a lot of those were tactical you had to smith and wesson yeah. uh that was basically an old school bring back they really I didn't even go look at that. There wasn't much interest. I, I didn't me. even, it's funny. I didn't even want to look at the Smith and Wesson one. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, you it, might it just, as well go look at a Winchester or go look at a Marlin or something like that. Cause I mean, that's yeah. basically what it is. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it, it. And that's one thing I hate. I mean, there's only so much innovation you can do with a lever action, Yeah, but there are some companies that are doing good things with modern you know, yeah. uh, modern things with lever actions, but yet they're not destroying the history of it. I know I saw that pop up and yeah. um, arrow. just seeing go. It, it's funny. I'd love to see ghost with that, even though I know his first gun was a lever action. Um, it's just, um, yeah, I, it, this year lever action has taken off and, and um, I'm happy to see lever action come back. Well, I mean, I, you know, I'm not a big fan of the tactical looking lever actions, but I will say this, what's intriguing is, especially with the Henry stuff is you've got a lot of Ranger point precision, uh, aftermarket yeah. stuff for the Henry's. And so if you take something like that magazine fed and then go, you go Ranger point precision, like aluminum chassis with rails and stuff on it, like. That could be cool being magazine fit. I, I would, um, uh, that is a gun I would build. Uh, it, it is, is a gun I would build. Um, I think I would have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, think now, that I don't could know be if really I'd go cool. out and buy it, but I would like to, I'd like to go, I'd like to build it. But the, the cool thing about the, uh, the Henry, uh, or what they claim, I'm assuming is they're claiming, you know, sub MLA out of that. And so, uh, if you know very much about lever rifles, like that's a pretty tall claim. That's yeah. you know, um, very. 
but the bolt design i mean i, I think I, I think i remember he's him saying there was like eight or nine patents on that so it wow. is definitely not it is definitely not something where an engineer just took a lever action rifle and modified it let's just say or whatever to you utilize a magazine like it's it's yeah. a complete redesign uh, all the way around and so yeah. I, I think that's I think that's part of what's cool, and a lot of folks out there are missing the point when they they go, "Oh, well, it's a it's a it's a lever action that uses a P mag, like big whoopie dude." I'm like, "Yeah, you're not looking at all the other cool yeah. stuff that's that's yeah. woven into that." What I would like to, you know, what I would like to see with that gun is a takedown version of it. Oh yeah, I love I'd love to see a takedown version. I, I've been looking at how to modify Winchester ninety because the ninety four came out in a takedown version um it's not out there often but i love to i'd love to build one and and yeah. see these things come to take down so that way you can really be like a backpack gun and take it with you yeah and i mean it's entirely possible um you know especially the 300 blackout version being threaded yeah. suppressor i mean imagine being able to have takedown suppression the wide variety of cartridges uh yep. or i should say not cartridges but projectile weights with 300 blackout i mean it would just be it'd be a pretty versatile uh pack gun or something like that uh, yeah. ghost uh, what he was saying out there was i feel weird saying this the arrow lever is badass says so his first uh gun was a lever but he never shot it go figure still have it though uh video idea which that's probably as we talked about earlier that's probably on the board i'm sure for him uh, Ron Wayne uh, out there, he said, I said, uh, Marlin, first time I saw the S&W, not knocking it, just resembles it to me. Well, you know, and Marlin, let's be honest, is Winchester, uh, essentially. I mean, yeah. It's their 1894s, right? Uh, yeah. 1894s, 1895s. So um, it's that design. It's kind of like we were talking about the Kiger and then, you know, from Anderson and then you got all the other Gen 3 Glock variants that are out there, right? Uh, same type situation when it comes to, to lever actions. Henry's, uh, Henry's are, are a different animal. So, yeah, totally. Uh, and I've got to where I, um, yeah, Ghost says that is absolutely on the whiteboard. Good. Um, I've got to where I've got, I've gotten uh, lately uh, over the last couple of years, it's grown and it's grown. I've had a lot more appreciation for Henry. Uh, come to yeah. like Henry a little more. My dad, I was always a Marlin guy. Uh, never was a big Winchester guy. Was always a Marlin guy. And uh, my dad, however, uh, always a big Henry guy. And I say always, Henry in its current iteration anyway, which is not the original iteration for those that right. don't know. Uh, what, late 80s, early 90s, somewhere in there uh, when they come back around. But uh, so my dad's got a bunch of Henry's, a bunch. And so uh, I've really just been paying attention to them, seriously paying attention to them since, uh, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, something like that, right? I, that's about the time I started little. paying attention to them. Um, yeah. And for me, I was always a Winchester snob. Um, yeah. I, it's like, if you're going to have a 94, you might as well have a Winchester. And um, I started seeing, you know, I'm like, I started seeing copies and stuff like that. But I think 
I mean, that's you know, my Winchester that I have is like one of the last years where it was truly Winchester, mm. you know, before they got sold. And, and that's the problem with a lot of these companies. They've been bought and sold so oh, many yeah. times. And, you know, Marlin's the same way. I mean, how many times has Marlin been bought and sold? Lots. Yeah. Uh, and, a dozen. Yeah, easy. Probably. I mean, I, I remember getting some Marlins in when I was a dealer and um, calling up my distributor going, hey, you need to take this thing back. Like what? Mm-hmm. I go, the sites are, are like canted. They're, I mean, they're, they're, this, this is bad. Yeah. And um, after the second one, the distributor went out to the warehouse and pulled all the Marlins and every single one of them were that way. They were all that way. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's a QC or, you yeah. know, some kind of probably a tooling issue that was well, just overlooked. The, in QC. the rear sight leaf was not pushed all the way into the dovetail. Yeah. And it's just like, how did this make it out of you? And so that kind of, you know, I didn't have a high, high regard for Marlon. I didn't, I was kind of in, you know, I could care less. Right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my go-to, but I didn't, I didn't really have a problem with it until yeah. that. Yeah. And then that was like the end of Marlin for me. Right. Uh, was it, does Ruger own him now? Not anymore. Uh, Ruger. Yeah. So I, it's just one of those things. Of, well, that's what you uh, said, right? You said Ruger. Yeah, it was Ruger. Ruger. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why I was thinking when you said that. I was, yeah, yeah. Uh, when Remington was dissolved, Ruger picked up Marlin. Ruger picked yeah. it up. Well, I think that's one yeah. of the problems is that Remington <laughs> when Remington is is really uh-huh. awful getting getting a hold of their uh, of companies and then just screwing them up, driving them into the dirt. Yep. Um, and then that's ultimately what happened to Remington. Yeah, uh, see, Artac joined us out there. Uh, Ghost said, "I love the Henry look with the wood and the brass." Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, Definitely, definitely classic. One of these days, I would like to have an original Henry. I would too. Um, you know, not not original. Let me back up. Not original meaning like what would that be? A hundred and fifty years old original, uh, but original design, something like a Cimarron or a you know one of the Italian built copies, basically of a Henry, something like that. Um, the ones that do not have a handguard. You know the one I'm yep. talking about, yeah. Yep. Uh, those uh, that would be that would be kind of cool, uh, and probably something like a maybe a 4440 or something. Yeah, that would be that would be yeah that would be cool. I would I would like that. I, um, I would even take I would even take one of the old just to have one that's 150 years old. Oh, don't get me wrong. I, I I totally would, but I would want to shoot it. Is the yeah, problem? That's I'm not I'm not big on wall hangers, and so. Well, you know, I'd be just as good saving a little money and going with a repro. You know, well, it's like um, you know, my wife collects Berettas, and you know, I, I made the biggest mistake of giving her my access to my gun broker account when I was in FFL. <laughs> um, and she has more guns than I do, uh, but she has, you know, she was collecting old Berettas. She has a Beretta 1915 uh, serial number goes back to 1916. Is Beretta's first pistol, and uh, she shoots a nine millimeter glissante it was fun trying to figure out how to make a round for that which i found out was just a nine millimeter luger with a a 124 grain bullet and just a little bit less powder Uh um but that was the thing is when we got it i cleaned it up inspected it and we took it to the range and every single one of her guns works 
Um, we've, we fired it. And of course she let me fire it before she fired it. So if it blew up, it blew up on me. But um, yeah, there's something about having those guns, even historic guns and still having them be in firing condition. I, I would, I would love that. I don't like yeah. when I bought, you know, I bought this Winchester back here. It's almost hundred years old. Um, it doesn't work. I picked it up for a hundred bucks. Um, the, my FFL picked it up for 50 bucks. Right. Um, yeah. so I, I, it's one of those things is I knew I was going to rebuild it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he well, watches my channel and he even said here, I, I'll sell it to you for a hundred bucks. Just get it. And I'm like, I could park the gun out for a hell of a lot more than a hundred dollars if I wanted to. Yeah. I've done, um, you know, I've got a few, I've, I've had to let a few go that is, uh, that were just, I mean, they were too far gone. Uh, and then I've had some that I've went, you know, a little different route with, uh, one that sticks out is I've got, um, uh, I've got a, uh, number one, Mark three, uh, SMLE, uh, three Oh three. That, uh, was literally a barreled action that a buddy of mine found in a farmhouse that he bought and basically demoed, uh, and I say that, I, I think what he did is uh, the old wood on this old farmhouse, somebody wanted it. And so they tore it down and it was yeah. literally at the wall, a barreled action. Now, wow. Why? Uh, who knows? Right. Uh, and anyway, he gave it to me. So just having a barreled action and uh, even by today's prices on 303 Brits, right? Like, you know, or infields, I should say. Uh even with the day's prices and being jacked up, by the time you bought everything you needed for just a barreled action, uh, it would be it wouldn't be worth putting back together. And I already had a number one Mark III, so I'm like, you know what? This is an opportunity to make a legit hunting rifle out of this thing. Let's breathe some life back into it, since it's not feasible to restore it. You know, and so uh, I took it, uh, had the barrel chopped and recrowned, chopped a little bit and recrowned, um, had the barrel action Cerakoted a almost a brushed stainless color, put it in that ATI, uh, you've probably seen it, that two piece ATI stock they they make, the poly stock, Um, you know, found it, had it drilled, tapped, found a scope mount for it, put a scope on it. And I mean, it looks like it any other stainless hunting, you know, all weather hunting rifle that's out there, except for people look at it and they go, well, wait a minute. That's, that's an infield. And you're like, yeah, it yep. is an infield. You know, they're like, that's actually pretty cool. You know, and, I, and I've never had anybody right off the bat that's seen that. That's, that's thrown a fit about you, Bubba, you Bubba that, right. Most <laughs> everybody's like, wow, that's cool. Is their first reaction. You know, yeah. and then I tell them the story and they're like, oh, OK. And they're like, yeah, I would never if it was if yeah. it was capable of putting it back in original condition. I, I, I'm an infield fan. I've got quite a few. And so uh, if I was able to do that, I certainly would have wanted to do that. But, you know, now I've got one that, you know, if I wanted to take it hunting. Right. Like I could legit take that one hunting if I wanted to. Yeah, there there's some. um there's some sacrilegion about about taking older guns and modernize them. Um, but when you get to a gun like what you were talking about, that's the only way it's really coming back to life. I would rather someone do that than yeah. to completely trash it. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I wouldn't want to take something that's in great condition and then do that to it. Right. Um, but if you, if, if this is the only way it's going to live on, I, I would much prefer the gun live on right. than yeah. get chopped up or destroyed or whatever. Yeah. Now with, uh, with some of the revolvers that I've got, uh, talking about doing repairs and, and things on old stuff, uh, I've got quite a few. I'm really big into, you know, late 1800, early 1900 stuff. I mean, you know that, uh, early yeah. Americana is what I call it. Um, H and R's, H and A's, you know, that sort of stuff. And, um, uh, Ivor Johnson's good Lord, the list goes on and on. Um, and some of those I've repaired, but as far as shooting them, do they, do they appear to function? Yes. Yeah. But do they appear to function with shooting wax slugs through them? A primed case with a wax slug? Like that's as far as it goes, you know? Yeah. And, you know, and they function, they function, they function fine. So they probably would be okay, you know, uh, to find. You just don't want to be the one doing it. <laughs> but it's like, you know, you've gotten, you've, you've brought this thing back that does function. The cylinder rotates, it locks up, it does everything it needs to do. Do you really want to go out and put some black powder 32 S and W or something weird through it? And, you know, something goes south and then all that time you spent, yeah, you know, go down the drain, which honestly you can have just as much fun slinging wax at steel as you can with a projectile. Yeah. Um, I, um, I've done it with uh, glue sticks on some guns. Yeah, that works. Um, yeah, shot some glue stick through it. It works. It's good. Right. That's as far as I'm going to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It goes bang every time. Uh, Ghost says, brother's taking over the world with innovation. I love it. Uh, not. No. Ron Wayne out there. He uh, said, that sounds neat. Yeah. I don't know if I've got pictures of that over on the Instagram. I don't. There might be, I bet you there's a lawn chair pop video somewhere with that on the channel. And there might, there might be a regular video somewhere with that. I don't remember. I can't remember now, but it seems like I may have went through my infields at one time. Hmm. I don't remember now. Uh, but being that we're about 15 minutes from the uh, top of our hour here, we're going to shift modes. Uh, real quick and move into a, uh, a this or that segment with Rogue. Have a little fun here. And this cool. one, if I can find my branding. But uh, yeah, this segment brought to you by our friends at Avidity Arms, uh, the PD-10. And uh, we're going to have Rob, the uh, inventor of the PD-10. He will uh, be joining us on a podcast here before too terribly long. He said there's some cool new things that are coming out. Uh, in March that we can talk about. So we kind of wanted to wait till then. Uh, and they've already uh, announced some pretty neat stuff. The first of which is the PD-10 available in 30 Super Carry. And uh, I know I am super, no pun intended, excited about that because um, I played with the 30 Super Carry quite a bit. Uh, I, I got hands on it very early on. Uh, I like the cartridge. I, you know, some people want to dog on uh, new cartridges that come out. Innovation doesn't move forward unless we try new things. And that's a cartridge that I, I do kind of like. But I'm a 380 fan, too, as a lot of you out there know. Um, so uh, I think that probably most importantly with that PD-10 platform is with 30 Super Carry, 
uh, it will never gain any kind of traction as long as there's not some reasonably affordable firearms chambered in that. And of course, uh, compared to the other options anyway, the PD-10, uh, of course, is. Uh, just like Anderson uh, before, I'll have some social media stuff, uh, YouTube channel. Uh, go uh, see what all they're uh, doing on the socials and uh, with the YouTube videos uh, through uh, through those. And I guess I could leave that up as I switch over to Rogue. And uh, we have a little fun here. So I'm going to give you uh, this or that. You 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 don't have to explain your answer, but you can explain your answer if you want to, Rogue. The only caveat here is you have to pick one. I don't care. If I... If I say pecans or walnuts and you have a nut allergy, you still got to pick one. So that's the name of the game. So it's unlike it's it's unlike my speed round that usually adds 20 minutes to my podcast. Um, This could get this could get long. Uh, (laughs) It don't have to, but it could. And I'm not even running off the script at this point. I'm going to just go off the top of my head. So I'm going to say favorite place to hang out, uh, the mountains or the beach mountains being uh from where you are that was kind of a well, given well even then you know like so i grew up just outside of philly everybody went to the beach i went to the mountains in the summer yeah so you know i learned to, i learned to hunt up in the uh up in the poconos and camped in the poconos so it was just it was always it was always the mountains for me no question well and i'm a i'm a being in texas any chance there is to move to cooler weather uh i'm on board with that and mountains tend to be a little bit cooler well, uh, well it, 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 we got we got up to 34 today wow and tomorrow that's we're going to get up to 19 that's crazy it's crazy at 34 uh, today it was like hoodie and shorts weather though right um uh, so let's go pancakes or french toast french toast french toast we actually have french toast fridays here Really? My wife cooks French toast on Fridays here. Really? Yeah. Uh, anything it's special? Anything? Uh, yeah, I know that you, yeah, you've got that weird diet going on. So that's interesting. I was fixing to ask anything special about that. So how, how does gluten-free French toast work? So uh, my wife actually bakes the bread. Um, you know, there is ah, gluten-free homemade bread. bread. Wow. Okay. It is. It's homemade bread. Wow. Um, so I, and then she spoils the hell of it. No wonder why, like my waist keeps getting bigger. She feeds me so damn well. Um, but right. no, um, it, it, she, there's gluten-free now is a lot better than it ever has been. It's still, trust me, man, if you sit me down and if I could eat a loaf of wonder bread, I would, I would do it. I'm um, a bread guy. That's one of I, my I love bread. major weakness. Yeah. I love bread and, and, um, so she makes it's almost like uh, like Texas toast, like really thick. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Thick so cuts. yeah, she she bakes it and then she and we make French toast. Oh yeah, so, heck yeah. So yeah. we went to uh, you know bread. I like bread so much. So uh, this last weekend or whatever weekend for last at the buyer show, uh, went to a Brazilian steakhouse. You know where you they cut nice. the meat, you know shave it off right there at the table, bring around the different meats, right, and. Then when we got back, my wife was kind of, she wasn't, but, you know, she had wanted to go to a Brazilian steakhouse. And so once I got back, there's one here. And so we went, I took her and we went to the one here. Um, Awesome place to go, by the way. Uh, Expensive, but as long as you don't go 
every month or every week. Uh, it's 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 worth a trip, I think. But one of the things they do because it's all you can eat, right? They bring around all yeah. these meats and they shave them off there. And to get you not to eat as much meat, they have rice and they have pasta and they bring bread to the table and they have potatoes and, and they colors. have they have all of this stuff, right, to fill you up. Yep. And I did it both times. I did it when we went a couple of weekends ago, and I did it. Uh, I ate every stitch of bread they put on the table. Like, I did not care if it affected my meat eating or not. Like, I was, I could not yeah. stand the bread being on the table and not eating that bread. Um, yeah. And it was good bread both, you know, both times. So, um, yeah, so... Um, so pick one, a jacked up four wheel drive or a classic muscle car. Ooh, ooh, that's tough. I'd have to go with four wheel drive just given where I'm at. Right. But a classic muscle car in Montana with, you know, 80 mile an hour speed limits. And we you usually get up to 85 before highway patrol really, really cares. Oh, yeah. Even back, to the, back to the future is what I call it around here. Yeah, like so, 88, yeah. So, yeah, it's just one of those things of um, the chance of even highway patrol catching you at 85 miles an hour when you're going when they're going the other directions. They usually they just flick the lights on just to tell you to slow the hell down. Yeah, slow um, down. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I would have to say I'd have to say jacked up four wheel just if nothing else for me to get to the range to go shooting. Well, this is true. Yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, RTAC out there, uh, cost is wise 1917 M91 is in, is in an M9130 stock. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and Rod out there is mm, bread. bread. So, <laughs> um, along that lines with vehicles, uh, fighter jet or tank jet. I've always, I've always, I've always had a fascination with flying, right? However, I did see an M1 Abrams at Aberdeen Proving Grounds uh, hit a very large mound of dirt and go airborne for, well, a very short while, but landed very hard. Uh, well, I would imagine so. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. It was fun. Um, that was back, that's back when the military actually had money and did Armed Forces Day. Right. Well, I was looking, uh, I've seen some video, and I don't remember what it was, but I've seen some video the other day that um there's a new m1 abrams i heard i heard something about that yeah uh, and i didn't watch it but i remember seeing a, a video that somebody was talking about the new m1 abrams uh and of course on the thumbnail or whatever had a picture and i'm like you know what that don't even we've come so far that don't even look like a tank <laughs> Right, yeah, right. <laughs> like it I mean, looks like a UFO. It looks like some kind of spaceship. It doesn't. It, it looks look like, like something out of the movie Aliens. You know that it the, really the, does. The yeah. thing, or yeah. or Starship Troopers, or or start, yeah, or start, know, yeah. What, pick a sci-fi. We're yeah. getting into the. We're getting into the, the the. We're telling our age a little bit, but we're getting into times where, you know, we're seeing things that sci-fi movies from the seventies and eighties we're making fun i mean just look at star trek with the with the communicators right like yeah, I, have, it was funny i was just thinking about that when flip you know, phones when, have been around forever now nobody uses a flip phone anymore that's old at this point but yeah i used that, to have an old i used to have one of the old motorola star tax oh yeah i had a talk about uh oh, at the time <laughs> at the time the that's the one that the motorola talk about is basically the same phone 
but AT&T, that's the version they used. Um, But I can remember, it's been a few years ago now. It may have been four or five years ago, but I was watching Blade Runner. Remember the original Blade Runner? I remember the original Blade Runner. Right? They were walking around and there were store windows or whatever. And in the store window, there was a flat, there's a flat screen TV. And you could tell it's like mocked up from a normal, you know, I mean, the screen, right? It's mocked up from a CRT tube, uh, but it's supposed to be like a flat screen panel, right? And I'm like, that's crazy that, That you know, that was, that's in Blade Runner. It's supposed to be like way in the future. And like 10 years later, there were flat, you know, LCD monitors and TVs and stuff that were out. Uh, Of course, it was probably more like 15 years before they were affordable. But uh, then you look nowadays, and it blows my mind every time I go into, like, Walmart at the cost of TVs nowadays. Like, you could get a flat-screen TV that literally doesn't weigh even weigh five pounds, 65-inch flat-screen that might weigh five pounds, maybe. can hang it on the wall, can mount it all by yourself, no problem. It's not this big, huge monstrosity like back in the day. For, what, 300 bucks? Yeah, it, you know, we were, it's uh, like, my wife oh my we were talking about that God. going through Costco. It was like a 75 inch, like for like, I think it was on sale for like 500 bucks. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Holy crap. I don't even have a wall I could put that on. Right. Right. Uh, I was looking at uh, doing a projector once, uh, once a post, once upon a time, I should say. I was too. I was too. Artec, uh, says, uh, is uh, M1A4 now plus there's an M10 Booker light tank. Well, there you go. I'll take your uh, word for that. So that was our uh, this or that. I guess we will call that from here on out segment. Uh, and uh, again, big thanks to uh, Ron and all the folks over at uh, Avidity Arms. Look for uh, definitely look for more uh, from them moving forward. So uh, got a couple of minutes left here. So going to give you the floor. What projects do you have coming up that you can talk about? Uh, what is already out there folks need to go check out? Where can they check all of that out? I know you do a lot of different things with the podcast, the videos, and everything else. So uh, give them both barrels. Well, everything right now is on the YouTube channel. Uh, it's the Rogue Banshee. Um, it's, it, you know, it, it's hard to say about what I want to do. I've already kind of led into it. Um, I want to get back into the gunsmithing content as much as I love going out and shooting guns. I love building them too. So uh, definitely check that out. We're working on edge, uh, which is the extreme DIY gunsmithing. That video is about half filmed. Actually it was, it was uh, pitched a couple of places at shot show um, trying to look for some sponsorships for it. Cause it costs a lot of money to do those type of things. But um, that's about halfway done. I, I got to finish. Uh, I got what's holding it up right now. I'm looking at the barrel on that bench over there. It's got to get Cerakoted. Got to get sandblasted and Cerakoted. And I can finish that video up. Um, and then, uh, yeah, look for probably late this year will be, I don't know what we're going to call it yet, but it's basically going to be like this old gun, uh, you know, this this old house, but maybe it's, maybe it's going to be this old guy. I don't know. Um, I got to Google that, see if it's even taken. But yeah, we're, we're, we're working on some on some content, going back into the stuff that I want to do. Uh, I just started doing a little bit of, uh, of shorts where I'm just kind of making fun of of gun owners and different types of guns and stuff like that. So I'm just 
I'm finally just kind of settling in and having fun. You know, talking to Ghost last year, talk he was talking about having fun. And I'm just like, well, damn it, I want to have fun too. So we're going to start yeah. having some fun. Yeah, I'm going to, uh, starting tomorrow, I have, uh, I will officially have a cameraman, at least for a little while. I've talked to my son, uh, I guess back during the weekend or something about, uh, hey, uh, what if I, we figured out some way to pay you, you know, by the hour, just make, maybe make a little bit of extra money and you come out and actually be a cameraman. So no more tripod. Hey, I'll probably put up a static tripod, but I've got multiple phones I can film with. So, yeah. um, so I'm looking to do that with, uh, some content moving forward. Actually nice. have somebody behind the camera, be able to move around, get some different angles, kind of zoom in, uh, on certain spots things that I'm talking about, whatever the case may be. Um, but I'm not going to lie to you. It's more because I hate editing. And <laughs> if he can move in on the part I'm talking about with the camera, then I don't have to put in the edit where I zoom in. So, hey, <laughs> hey everybody wins. A little money in his pocket. Hopefully, it's a better experience for the viewer that keeps me from having to edit. So, we're definitely going to try it out. And you have to do that. You have to try yeah, you have to yep. try new things for sure. So, uh, Ro, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us, man. Absolutely I, uh, appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. It's good getting back on and and being on the on a on a you know video with you, man. It's been it's been a long time, and it's uh it's definitely my pleasure to be back. Everybody, uh, everybody's got their thing. Everybody is busy, so that's yeah, you know. But that's a good thing at the end of the day, right? Absolutely. Uh, Rod out there is uh, dissing on Misty. Says, LL, don't tell Misty you pay your cameraman. Well, I don't know what I'm going to pay him yet. And it is my son. So uh, <laughs> with that, we are going to uh, get the heck out of here. Thanks again, Anderson Manufacturing, of course, Avidity Arms. And uh, go check out Rogue. Let me find the uh, outro. See you guys on the next one. Thanks for hanging out on another episode of the Clover Tap Podcast. For all our other projects and ways you can support the channel, take a minute to visit CloverTech.com. Consider becoming a YouTube channel member so you can catch these podcasts live and interact with our guests. See you on the next one.